Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to a spooky episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast with me, Samantha Spooktoberhees, and him, Indy. I am secretly a serial killer, Randawa. See, they're not that easy, are they? No. Just coming, them up, coming up with them off the top of your head. I'm secretly a serial killer? Yeah. You're more of a serial killer type than I am. I am more. How am I more of a serial killer type? Loner. Keeps to herself. No. You did kill a lot of animals, and you enjoy <laughs> arson. Uh, no. The only thing I have going for me is uh, all the head trauma. I have a lot of head injuries, which serial killers often have, but you have the rest of it. Between the two of us, we have the trifecta. We are a fully formed serial killer. Except for the killing part. Yeah, I don't murder. Not yet. So our podcast, I Love This, You Should Too, is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. Unlike your killings, which are not supported oh by God, the community. I'm not a murderer. Not yet. I'm not a murderer. you at it in one day. <laughs> I like how this is like a you can do it if you believe. You can do anything if you believe, Samantha. Aww, thanks, love. Even murder. Uh-uh. Well, we have been doing all spooky things this month, and today is no different, question mark? The most different? I don't know. I don't know. So if this is your first time in, this might be a weird one. I'm telling you now, because usually I prepare a bunch. Not today. Usually we have time between watching it and podcasting. Not we today. We don't today. <laughs> and usually I remember what happened in the movie. But not today. <laughs> no, I, I have a vague recollection of the movie, so we'll see. So how this podcast works is we take turns bringing something to the other person, something they have never seen, probably wouldn't. And last week, Samantha brought me what she considered a very scary, but very good movie called Practical Magic <laughs> from 1998. Yes. And we will be spoiling it for you. If you haven't seen it already, make sure you watch it before listening. Or if you just never plan on watching, maybe this will... Confuse you even more? Confuse you even more or just like replace watching it. But before we get into everything, let's thank our first sponsor. And that is Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider here in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local non-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. And you can learn more about them at parkpower.ca. That's parkpower.ca. Well, they sound great. And we are in the need of some utilities pretty soon, so maybe we'll check them out. Very true, yes. This whole new home thing. Lots of new things to sign up for. But let's get into the episode. So we're talking about practical magic. Let's start off with you this time, Sam. So you've seen it years ago. First time in a while. How did it hold up? It didn't. No? No. Just a straight up no? It was just silly and like I there were moments that I enjoyed but uh it didn't I remember it being a lot better than it actually was yeah it's uh 
it's very of its time. Uh-huh. That's one thing you can say. Whether that's good or bad is up to you. But it's it's not a good movie. It's not a well-constructed movie. But it is a movie where you can see the problems and you could see fixes and you can see good things in it, I think. But overall, yeah, it's it's not great. It dragged in moments, but also moved too quickly. Yes. Somehow it, it was like... It flew through so much at the yeah. beginning of the movie. And then there's a huge lull of not much happening. And then it just wraps up and there's all sorts of craziness. Yeah. I just don't understand how... I feel like I missed so much in the beginning because it was all going really fast. And then it just seemed to like kind of lag. I was writing notes while we were watching and I could not keep up for the first 20 minutes. And then I sat there for about an hour without writing anything. (laughs) I think that is uh, at the heart of the problems of this movie. The problems are with tone and pace. Yeah. I think it's the script. The script has a lot of issues. And this was based on a book, right? Yes, a book by someone. So it seems like, and I've never read the book, but it seems like it might be a book that has a lot of good stuff in it. And those pieces that were picked out are good in this movie. But I feel like this has either been condensed or something's going on to change it. That it just does not flow properly. And the tone shifts, especially, going from comedy to romance to horror Mm -hmm. which i i like movies that try to do all of those things and i always think they're really interesting but it can go very wrong if you are not doing it with a maybe a subtle hand like some of those more well-crafted movies do this is uh not subtle in any ways and when you're jumping around tonally and none of them are subtle it's kind of jarring a little bit yeah, it was definitely um, like a little heavy-handed on um, on the like the plot as well as how they make you feel. Well, because they don't allow you to feel things. No, they put in songs that tell you how to feel. This movie is very song heavy, <laughs> and the songs often narrate what's happening. Exactly. So, just in case you didn't know. They'll let you know. <laughs> but I want to start with one thing first, though. Yeah. And this is what shocked me when you told me about this movie last time. This movie cost $75 million yeah. in 1998. Uh-huh. And you think, like, yeah, that's a lot. But we get a lot of movies that cost more than that. But here are some movies that came out in 98. So this did not make it $75 million It back. did not, no. Um, that year, Something About Mary came out, which made $370 million. Cost 23 Wow. Uh, Rush Hour, which is an action movie, came out that year. Cost $33 million. Goodwill Hunting won some Oscars. I'm not sure how much it made. I, I would guess more than $100 million. Cost $10 million. But this is the one that gets me. Saving Private Ryan. Big Huge war movie. war yeah. epic. Very well done. Uh, made $483 million, But beyond that, technically amazing. $70 million budget. How? This movie cost more than Saving Private Ryan, and that is madness. That is madness. It was all spent on Nicole Kidman's hair dye, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of hair dye in that. All the redheads. I don't know where that budget went. No. Did Sandra Bullock make $20 on this or something? Because I don't know where all that budget went. It doesn't look like an expensive movie. It doesn't, and it's... It, it's not like they're trying to use like big, huge special effects or anything. Everything no, and that everything they do, takes place in this little town. It's there's not a yeah, lot to it. I imagine that, they built the house. The house looks built for this. I assume, still, yeah. 
that can't cost that much. No. 70 million is outrageous for what is shown on screen in this movie. <laughs> yeah, if it was like a super kind of sci-fi witchy movie where like there's a lot of things like floating around and like lots of like crazy spells and stuff. With floating things, they've been doing that since the 1920s. It doesn't cost that much. I just mean like if they had showed more magic. Right. The magic you get in this is there is a cup that can stir itself. Those are the big special effects. Oh, and I guess that ghost, the Dr. Kovach ghost. I don't know that. Um... Who's Dr. Kovach? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Isn't that his name from <laughs> ER? <laughs> I thought it was oh, Luka Kovac. Wasn't that his name? The uh, the Bulgarian, Romanian, Croatian cowboy. Jillian's boyfriend. Yes. Yes, right. I was like, I don't know who Dr. Kovac is, and I don't know what you're talking about. But yes, uh, that ghost was like the most high-tech thing that they did, and mm-hmm. it still didn't look great. No, it does not. It looks... As good as Ghostbusters, which came out 10 years earlier. Mm -hmm. But let's get into this. This one will be a little tricky to talk about because, you know, I often have these big soliloquies of like, what does this movie mean? I don't know. I don't know. This is a confusing movie. That's how I felt when we stopped watching it yesterday. We'll get to the end. And I do think there are good themes that could be found in it, but you have to dig, and they're doing their best to not present them very well. Yeah, like I, I, I was a little disappointed because I feel like this movie could have been so much better. They had a great story, like a very cool idea with the like witch ancestors and back in the like witch burning days, and like I think you could have done very cool things with that, and then like moved to nowadays and made it very like modern and fun i think you go uh make it thelma and louise with witches Hmm. that's a good movie i would watch that movie i would love that movie (laughs) because thelma and louise a great feminist movie and um most witch movies now if they're not condemnations of women it's the opposite it's taking that power back Mm -hmm. because of course most people who were uh said to be witches it's just because you were were a woman who didn't conform and they're like "Ah, you're a witch because you have uh, confidence in yourself we can't control you so we'll kill you and we need a reason yes yeah and so with that jumping off point to kind of reclaim that which i think this movie is trying to do i think they do a pretty sloppy job of it they do but i yeah we'll we'll get into it but do you want to run us through this plot starting with um I guess Salem and they're hanging a witch? Yes. So the movie opens with Maria Owens, who is the like great, 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 great grandmother of Jillian uh, and Sally, who are Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. I also do not remember anyone's names in this movie. No, I only remember them because I'm reading off of a, a, like some notes. But, okay. Uh, yeah, so this Maria Owens is pregnant and unmarried, and she is a young witch, and she manages to escape being hung, and so they banish her to a deserted island? So first, if you're hanging someone because you're like, I don't know, they slept with my husband, which is what this movie says is yeah. why she's being hung. And then she goes and shows you like, oh, no, I'm an actual witch. You guys were right. Then they're like, okay, now we're not going to try you as a witch. Now you're just going to like, just leave. Get There's, out of here. They banished her to an island, which yeah. I think is amazing. 
Like, just burn her then. That's what they did back then. Nobody got away with not being executed. Or being hung, usually. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, hanged. 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 I forget that. So, Maria is in love with a man from the village, and he doesn't come rescue her, so she sets a curse upon her entire female line um, into the future of if you fall in love with someone, uh, your husband will die. Yeah, what a dick, huh? Right? Like, what did your grandkids? So she's giving birth to a, a, child. a daughter, it yeah. turns out, right? And she's just like, well, I'm going to fuck you over, unborn child. Why? Th- what did that kid do? I think what happened was she set the spell on herself so she never fell in love again because it was too painful. But because she was pregnant, the magic passed on to her unborn child. Oh. And then it passed on throughout the lineage. So I don't know that she meant to do this, oh, but okay. it was because she had a baby inside of her. She cast the spell on both of them, technically. Gotcha. I feel like this movie is going to have a lot of that, of someone, one of us going, why did this happen? And the other one said, maybe it's this. And then you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It doesn't make sense in the movie. No, it doesn't. No. So the spell becomes a curse and everyone in their family is doomed to have uh, children and then lose their husband. Because a beetle will, like, make its noise. Yeah, there's some kind of, like, screeching beetle beetle. or death beetle, yeah. Um, So Jillian and Sally lose their father, and their mother drops them off at their aunt's and uh, runs away, basically, because she can't handle having children. The mom? The mom. Oh, I thought she died. Maybe they died together? I thought she dies of a broken heart, and that's why Sandra Bullock doesn't want to ever fall in love because she doesn't want to die of a broken heart like her mom. Right, yeah. See, again, it's like that. Again, yeah. Was that what happened? Oh, yeah, that's right. I I got the beginning of the story, missed that part, which was right after, so I don't know. Maybe I was still focusing on Maria. Uh, it starts so fast. It's There's so, so much of a plot dump in the first 15 minutes. So what, we're, what we've talked about so far is the first, like, eight minutes of the movie. I think less. Like, it was so quick. So we're only eight minutes into the movie. Um, Sally and Jillian uh, move in with their aunts and uh, start to learn magic because they're all witches. And so uh, they have a super fun time living with their aunts. But then you find out that the rest of the town hates them because they're witches. And there's that classic chant of, witch, witch, you're a witch. Yeah. But sometimes it could be bitch. <laughs> it's it's confusing, but that's that's it. That's the, Throughout the, the years. 300 years of... Everyone chants, witch, witch, you're a witch. Yeah. It was passed down through the ages. A lot of things rhyme with witch, just saying. <laughs> True. Like, bitch. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or witch. Just those two, yeah. Just those two, yeah. Uh, So Sally is very gifted at magic. Jillian is more, like, charming and persuasive with her. Jillian is Nicole Kidman? Yes. So they're doing, like, a whole Hilda and Zelda thing because one is stuck up and uptight and one is wild. Yes, yeah. And the first time we see them as adults, it jumps forward and they seem like caricatures played by high school kids Mm -hmm. in like a drama 20 class of like okay you're really stuck up you're wild what does that look like and to a 16 year old they're like oh okay i'm gonna wear this bathrobe slash sweater and i have these big glasses on and and i'm just always frightening my hair in a ponytail yeah and 
So that's Sandra Bullock, and she's meant to be all uptight. And then Nicole Kidman has red hair, and of course, red-haired people are always wild, wild in movies. It can't be the other way around. The brunette can, can't be the wild one. It's no. not allowed. And she's introduced by going like, yeah, I'm going to go party, woo! And she's just wooing a lot and jumps on a guy's back and says, let's go to Orlando! And that's how they're set up. And then the movie jumps forward years question mark i think it's yeah a few years and she's in uh sandra bullock's in town with her aunts and she sees this like produce guy is he a farmer's market man something like that produce guy those are jobs yeah um and uh then all of a sudden the next scene is them after having two kids so we don't know what the passage of time is we don't know that they got married until she says it in the voiceover and she does call or write a letter to Nicole Kidman and I believe she says it's been three years but she clearly has a child who's like seven or eight yeah those kids are way too big yeah so maybe I misheard the three years but the timeline is not clear for sure but we missed the uh, big scene with this kiss who sings that song Leanne Rhymes. I think it's Leanne Rhymes. is it I think it might be okay Faith Hill Oh, that could be Faith Hill, though, too. See, I don't know any of these singers, so they're all the same person to me. So it's one of those two. But that song starts playing, and she runs down the street to this man that she has never spoken with before. And because this kiss is playing, we're like, oh, now they're going to kiss. And then they kiss, and everyone's happy. And at that point, you have no idea why she would have done this. But I think maybe it's just, hey, it's a romantic movie, and that's romance, because the song told me it's romance. Yeah. Uh, it is Faith Hill who sings this kiss. Okay. Later on, we learned that I guess the ants who are played by Diane Weist and uh, Rizzo. Stucker Channing. Stucker Channing. She's always Rizzo to me. <laughs> <laughs> they placed a spell on them both to yeah. fall in love. Yeah, because they were worried that Sally would never fall in love. But they know that anyone she falls in love with will die. Yes. So that was kind of mean. So really, they placed a spell on this man to die. Mm-hmm. But first to have a family and then dies without being able to support them or watch his children grow up. Yeah. And to make sure that, like, Sally has the maximum amount of trauma from this. Yeah. Because, like, basically, they're like, no, you need to fall in love. So they, they cast this spell so that they fall in love and are very happy and have this whole life together, knowing that he's going to die, so that she has the most amount of trauma when he dies. But then also, is Sandra Bullock like, did I ever really love him then? Yeah. Because it was based on a spell. So she essentially has no free will, but still experiences all the trauma of someone who lost their loved one. Their great love. Yeah. That was pretty fucked up. That was pretty rude. (laughs) It it is rude. (laughs) You know what? When you made me question the existence of free will, fall in love with someone, but knowing you were condemning them to death, pretty rude. Rude. (laughs) So the way he dies, though. We get the fake out of, look out, and it's a bunch of cyclists. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be scary. Like, oh, he was going to get killed by those cyclists, but, you know, they're on bikes. They get around him, and it's like, oh, it's just a fake out. But let's say 50 cyclists go down this tiny little street in uh, in small town, yeah. Massachusetts. And they all leave, and he's like, whew, none of those cyclists killed me. Awesome. And then he turns around, and from the other side, a truck gets yeah. him. Yeah. 
how would that truck have been on that road? There were 50 cyclists there about two seconds and earlier. And why was, yeah, why was that truck going so fast? And why was it going in the middle of the road? And how did it not see a man standing there who's been there for about a minute okay, and a half? Okay, he's been in the middle of the road forever. But I guess it's a curse, so it was like a, a ghost truck? Maybe. Does the truck actually exist in the real world? After murdering him, does it just disappear? Oh, God. I don't think I have enough brain power tonight to get into that. <laughs> that would make more sense because it does appear out of nowhere. True. But also none of it, like, makes sense. Death Beetle. Yeah, as the Death Beetle was driving that truck. <laughs> That's why it was so out of control. Yeah, it couldn't the reach the brake. Well, I imagine it's like six, seven of them. No, I think A few on the steering wheel and then one <laughs> on each pedal. Uh, after Michael dies... Sally's husband. His name is Michael. Sure. Uh, so after he dies, Sally brings her daughters back to her, their aunt's home. But they all lived in the same city, right? Yes, I okay. think so. I think they lived in town, but they didn't live in the same house. So Sally brings her girls back so that she can kind of mourn the loss of her husband and um, demands that her daughters and her won't be doing any magic. So don't teach them any magic at all. Um, because she's now turned her back on magic because it hurt her, made her sad. Well, yeah, because her aunts used it to make her fall in love and live a lie for about a decade. Yeah. And then have it all taken away from her. Yes. I can see where she's coming from. Um Meanwhile, while this is happening, Jillian meets this really bad guy in Orlando. And uh, what's his name? Jimmy Angelov? Yeah. So he's supposed to be Bulgarian. That's what I heard. Yeah. It's His right by Transylvania. Jimmy, but Transylvania is in Romania, not Bulgaria. But Bulgaria and Romania do share a border. So I guess it's kind of by Transylvania. I was just going to look that up actually to see how close they were. But um, but it's still not. It's not Transylvania. And he has a Croatian accent. Yeah. Yeah. So you get you get everything. He's just, he's he's, just vague, he's foreign. He's vaguely Eastern European of yeah. some sort. Uh, so yes, he's foreign is the best way to put it. And he's a self-described vampire cowboy. Is that what he says? I think that's in here somewhere. Probably. He looks like a vampire cowboy slash street thug. Yeah. He 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 doesn't come off as a great guy. Um, no, you might say the opposite, yeah. that he is a murderer and an abusive boyfriend. Rude guy. Yeah, he's quite rude, quite rude. Quite rude. Uh, so Jillian um, discovers that Sally needs her because they have some kind of weird twin thing happening. And um, Sally kind of writes her a letter, puts it in the mailbox, and then Jillian knows that Sally needs her. Yeah, and that it's part, instant. I'm willing to, like, yeah. like okay, yeah, they're witches, sure. So but they I have, still like, don't sense, understand the timeline. They can sense each have other. Have they not seen each other in, like, 15 years by this point? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if my sister's husband died, I'd be there to, like, help her. Right? Yeah. But then again, we're kind of jumping ahead, but uh, Sandra Bullock and her kids, they get over it real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, like, back to living normally. We have a scene where she's sad, and that's, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. She lays in bed. We don't know how long it's been. Her daughter has aged, like, seven years at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know the timeline. So when Nicole Kidman comes back, is that because of the death? No, it's because she senses that Sally needs her. Sandra Bullock. Okay. Yeah, because of the death, though. 
I thought it was because she was just like depressed. But I think she's depressed because her she's been living a lie in her husband's death. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So it is after the death. But the girls age so much. Yeah. That's the thing. Like yeah, it doesn't they make age any sense. like five to seven years between when he gets hit by the truck and when they go to the house and then they seem to age even more when one of the daughters comes and like tries to wake her mom up. Magic. I don't understand how aging There are multiple times in this movie where the plot doesn't make any sense, Mm -hmm. but the people in the movie just say, magic. Magic. Yes. So Jillian drugs her boyfriend so that she can get away and go to Massachusetts. And because they were busy worshiping each other like bats. Ew. What does that mean? I don't know. That's a line. It's like, let's worship each other like bats. Yeah. That's weird. Bats don't worship much. No. I think they're pretty solitary. No, there's a big group of them. Oh, are they like a little bat family? Oh, I think it's much bigger. I think it's, I don't know what you call a group of bats. A batling. I think that's a little bat. Batums. Sure. <laughs> Jillian goes home to Jimmy and then calls Sally from a motel because he's hit her. Right. And Sally drives all night. It's not clear if she is like 20 minutes away or on the other side of the country. So I thought she's in Orlando and they're in Massachusetts. Yes. But sometimes they can get there like real quick. Yeah. So Sometimes I the same night because when she calls and said like, oh, he hit me and I'm scared. Sandra Bullock arrives and she's still like on the floor hiding in the. So is that like two days later and she hasn't moved or it just keeps happening? It seems like the movie posits that that is the same evening and it's been about yeah. 20 minutes. So I'm assuming because I looked this up because we were both like, did she fly? Did she drive? What happened? So we're going to assume that they're in Salem. I think they're in whatever island she was banished to, but I think she was banished from Salem. So we'll use Salem as a starting sure. point. And then we're going to say that he's in Orlando. That Jillian and Jimmy are in Orlando. That's a 21-hour drive. It's, I think, my geography is not great, but I think it's about the same distance from Bulgaria to Transylvania. Really? I think so. That's funny. Uh, Even a flight. Maybe less. From Boston to Orlando is two hours and 55 minutes. It, the time does, you know what? Oh, I figured it out. What? Magic. Magic. Magic in this movie is just what you want it to be. Yes. Okay. So she like teleports or something. Yeah. But she also takes a cab. And the car at one point. Yeah. She says, I'm taking the car and then shows up in a cab. So I don't know what happened there. Uh, So when Sally arrives somehow, (laughs) whenever she arrives, however she arrives, uh, Jimmy kidnaps them and Sally kills him with Belladonna. Yeah, because Nicole Kidman just keeps that in her purse because she's like doing witch stuff. Yeah, because she's a witch. Because magic. Magic, right. right. Um, and they bring him home and bury him in the back garden because they realize they've killed him. No, they bring him home. They revive him with magic. Okay, so let's let's get into this. They do a spell because magic can do very few things, but some very powerful specific. Things. Yes. What what can magic do in this movie? Stir coffee. It can stir coffee. It light can, candles. Light candles. Love spells. Love spells. Yes. It can curse your ancestors. Yes. It can give someone chicken pox. You can talk through your reflection. 
But your own face won't do anything, but in the reflection you will. Yes. And... Because she can, like, talk right into her mind about, like, the deadly nightshade or whatever, Belladonna. Right. Yes, because they talk through, like, the rearview mirror. Yeah. Yeah. You can resurrect people. You can resurrect people. Kind of. Kind of. And you can exercise a demon ghost. Maybe. Maybe. So they kill him, and then they're like, oh, no, the police are going to, you know, lock us up because yeah. we, we killed this man here. And they think, well, cool, let's resurrect him, and then everything will be fine. So they resurrect him by putting a bunch of whipped cream on his chest, and then they're like, oh, now you have to put pins in his eyes. And they don't. They, he wake, he comes to life before they stab the pins, and then they Or scream. did they just cut that scene because it was gruesome? Maybe. It's The editing was very strange about it. Yeah. So are we led to believe they didn't do the pins, and that's why... Things go awry. Maybe. But they were warned that if you resurrect someone, they're going to They're not going to come back as the right thing. But he comes back in the exact same state as he died in. Basically, he's strangling Jillian again. He's saying, be my wife. He's Which very crazy. Which is what he was saying yeah. when he was killed. So I think it worked perfectly, but they had no plan. Because they bring him back, and he's alive, and he's acting just as he did. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, ah, he's acting just like he did. Who would have predicted this? We better kill, like, double kill him now. Yeah. So then they kill him again. Yeah. What was their plan? I don't know. Maybe they thought that, like... He'd come back nicer? Yeah. Why would you think that? I don't know. If everyone warns you, like, hey, don't bring someone back, they come back bad. And then you have someone who's already a murderer. And then you're like, well, he came back, but he was like a murderer. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah, everyone, everyone saw that coming. He literally came back doing exactly the same thing that he died doing. Yeah, it seems like he didn't even know that he had died. Yeah. So really, I think their spell worked perfectly and he came back perfect. Yeah. But what he was was pretty shitty. So, you know, they should have you know tied him down. Yeah. You'd think that if someone was trying to kill you before they died and then they died, that you'd just like tie them down or tie them up just in case they came back to life. Oh, you prefer tying up than tying down. Either one. I don't know. I don't have a preference. It's fine. So they bury the bad guy in the backyard and this rose bush starts to grow and these frogs start to come out of the ground. Oh, yeah, the frogs. And then the boots come to the surface and then go back into the ground. It's unclear, though, if that's physically happening or if that's like a ghost. If they're type seeing thing. it. Yeah. Or... I think Sometimes some people can ghosts. see him and some people can't. Yes, and that one of the daughters can see. Yes. One of uh, Sally's daughters can see the ghost standing next to the rose bush. Right. And won't go outside. Which, yeah, that's probably that's good. That's fair. Uh, so suddenly this state investigator, Gary, shows up. Gary. Oh, oh, oh. let's let's take a, a few steps back because okay. I think there's a lot of things before... Before Gary, the pancake-flipping cop, shows up. Backwards riding pancake-flipping cop. What does he ride backwards? A horse. Do we see that? Yeah. Oh, I missed that totally. There's a whole scene of it. What? Where he's a little boy and he's riding a horse backwards. They have him as a little boy in this movie? Yes! You see it twice. In a... <laughs> in like a flashback? Yeah. So this pancake-flipping cop gets flashbacks? Yeah. That's dumb. Because the whole thing is is that the daughters find her diary. Yeah, yeah. I remember and that. And it has this list of like one blue eye, yeah, yeah. one green eye, can ride a horse backwards, knows how to make pancakes. I remember that. And his favorite shape is a star. Yes. 
And she thought no one ever in humanity could ever do all of these things. It doesn't seem that weird to me. The horse has a star on it. The horse does too? Yeah. Oh, and he, of course, is a sheriff, sheriff. or something. Special investigator? Yeah. Some sort of cop. Yeah. So he's like basically her dream guy. Yeah. But um, going back, when they're driving in the car, it's like a scene from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Is or it? like Beetlejuice because the windows are, are green screened and they have like a weird hellscape that they're driving through. Oh, interesting. It's not just like real. I don't know if that was a choice because nothing else is fantastic like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was just poorly that. done. Yeah, probably. Um, I like when uh, Nicole Kidman just barges in on a PTA meeting, yeah. I guess. And, and then just, just walks around and goes, hang on to your husbands, I'm here. And then like shakes her hips and everyone's like, who the fuck is this? I think she air humps. That's what yeah. she does. She doesn't even shake her hips. She just like does a big humping motion. And we're led to believe that like, oh, she's the free spirit and these are a bunch of prudes. But if you did that, I'd be like, no, you're the dick. It's a weird thing we're, to do. We're having a meeting here, ma'am. We're drafting the phone tree. Yeah, and then they have a phone tree vote or lottery system that is way too complex and holds way too much meaning as well. So I don't get why that's a thing, but we find out later that phone trees are really important. Yes. I think that's the moral of the story. Get on your phone tree. Yeah. Don't forget to activate your phone tree. That's what they're saying to us. Never forget that. Uh, But we do have some scenes with them and their aunts. And who are, are very underused, the Hilda and the Zelda. I know. They go away. They come back. They go away again. When they find out, like, oh, you guys uh, killed someone and resurrected them? All right. Later. Yeah. Why would they do that? That's out were of like, character for them. You, have, you disobeyed us, so you have to, like, clean up your own mess. But doesn't that seem like not who they were? Yeah. Like, I think that these women, from what we see of them in the beginning, teaching uh, Jillian and Sally how to do magic and trying to, like, help them when their parents die and everything, you'd think that they would try and guide them into doing the right thing. It's all about, it should be all about these bonds of womanhood. Yeah. And they're just like, nah, fuck you guys. You're good. (laughs) Yeah. Figure it out. Also, we're ke- you keep the kids, though. Keep these kids around this murder investigation. Yeah, like, we're going to Vegas. If they were going to do something like and run away, they should have taken the kids with them. Because it's like clearly not a safe place to leave them. There's a zombie running around. Yeah. And in this world, like they can't walk down the street. Everyone yells at them yeah. and throws stones at them. But then you're um, like... Isai Sagawas can just walk around the street today. What's an Isai Sagawa? I might have said it wrong. That's the that Japanese guy that murdered and ate people, but then he got like off on a technicality and he just like lives a normal life now. Oh. Or um, what's more contemporary? Casey Anthony can just go to Applebee's whenever, right? right? And she can live her life, but then for some reason, these kind of spooky ladies, everyone is just like, ah, get them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, I don't know. It seems like something that should have been, like, a grudge that was carried through the ages. In this world, is the existence of witches accepted? I think so. So, like, everyone knows that witches are real? I think so. I wouldn't hate them then. I'd be like, you know, hook me up. Or at least be scared of them. Like, I don't think I'd be taunting them. No, because I'd be like, oh, they can turn me into a dog or whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't be, like, 
chanting things at them in the street and throwing things at them. I'd be like giving them a wide berth or trying to be really good friends with them. I'd so try to they be friends with them. Me. So yeah. then they can like, you know, hook me up with some good spells where I, uh, you know, get money. <laughs> There's one other scene that okay. I did really like, and that's the uh, Midnight Margaritas. Oh, that was fun. That's fun because that's what the movie needed more of about these two sets Sisterhood. of sisters yeah. having fun together and having like traditions and I-, I wish we had more of that. They go from eating like chocolate cake for breakfast to having midnight margaritas. Yeah. And because they're all adults, they have like a dance party and they're doing shots and they're talking about like like magic and spells and this. It is like a sisterhood moment. Yeah. And I liked that. It was great. Needed more of that. That scene quickly devolves into something terrifying. Yes. And this was one of the most abrupt tone changes it was. to me. Because it was this party scene that I think is the most fun scene of maybe the whole movie. And they're maybe all in the drunk end. and laughing and giggling and like teasing each other. And then, and then it starts being shot like a horror movie. And the teasing turns into like, no one will ever love you because yeah. you're a piece of shit. You're a and slut. You're like, yeah. Where is all this And they start to from? get really harsh and mean. And they realize that they're drinking this like possessed bottle of rum or tequila or something. Right. And somebody left it on the porch. Because at the beginning, I was asking you, is this meant to be scary? And you're like, no, no, it's fun. And but then it I just keeps getting realize, worse yeah. and worse. And then you're like, okay, something else I is going like, on. I was like, this is kind of weird. And but then, then we learn that it's ghost tequila. <laughs> it's ghost rum or whatever. Yeah. And they realize that... Uh, yeah, they're drinking something that, like, was just left on the porch that was clearly left by this zombie ghost. Yeah, someone just found this bottle of booze and they're like, all right, let's drink it. Yeah. That's weird. You probably shouldn't do that. No. Mystery booths and drinks, don't consume them. Yeah. Although I say that, I always do. Okay. Do you find a lot of mystery food? Well, back when I was teaching, sometimes I'd just have, like, cookies on my desk. And I, I was well liked there, so I, I didn't like question really anything. Easy to murder because you like. Oh, just totally! Do you eat things that you find? When I would travel, I would go wherever with people all the time. <laughs> I got into if anyone wanted to kill me, they they could have. So How I'm, have you not succumbed to murder? Maybe I'm a magic. good judge of character, or maybe I'm lucky. Oh magic you know what it was magic it's probably magic but yeah that scene goes into very very scary places i feel like they could have transitioned that better yeah i guess but maybe that's what they wanted but it was just it was unsettling it got it was fun it was whimsical they were clearly having like a fun bonding moment and then it got the most fun part silly it got silly and then it got scary and we should have just gone from like fun bonding to scary so I watch a, a good amount of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Some of them you would describe as very disturbing. I thought that the tequila parts were got scary. It unnerved me more than most horror movies. Do. Yes. And I, I found it very disturbing. Everyone did a really good job of acting that. I guess. Because they were... But they were why? St- why was, was that in there? Yeah, though? I don't know. But it, they, they did a good job of sounding like Jimmy. Because oh. he was possessing them due to the rum, I assume. Oh, they were all a little possessed. A little possessed because the ants are singing his favorite that. song. That's right. That's right? right. And they kept singing like it was left on the porch. And mm-hmm. like because Sandra Bullock 
clues into what's happening and is like where did you get the bottle Mm -hmm. and they were mid-song and they just sung like it was left on the porch and and then Sandra Bullock picks it up and smashes it and everyone kind of snaps out of this like weird possession that makes sense I uh did not pick up on. oh okay so that's that's why I felt like it got really silly where you couldn't quite tell that they were possessed and then it got really scary because you realize that they're possessed Mm -hmm. um and then, like, during the silly part, that's when they're saying all the really mean things to each other. Mm-hmm. And and when you explain it like this, that shift from very fun times to this really scary thing sounds good. Mm-hmm. And if you explain it to me, that sounds like a movie I'd want to see. Yeah. When in practice, it is not fun it's at not. all. It's not interesting. It's odd and jarring and unsettling. Yeah. But not in a good way. Not I in, think. like, a horror movie way. Just what what's happening yeah. and why. Yeah. So I liked that scene. It could have been done better. And I think I like it better when I describe it to you. I think it might be my favorite scene of the whole movie. It's the best filmmaking because the fun times was fun and the scary time was scary. Mm-hmm. Usually you don't get that in this no. movie. No. Uh, another question for you. Where does scalp medicine go? I don't know. Because there was a joke about, like, <laughs> hey, this scalp medicine isn't working. And I think he, she says, like, where are you putting it? And he says, on my scalp. And she says, mm-mm. And it's, like, a joke. So I think we're led to believe that you, like, either put it up your butt or on your penis. <laughs> yeah, because she looks down at one point. Like, and everyone knows, like, oh, okay, that's how I fix And he scalp. grabs his stuff and it looks super embarrassed. Like, oh, never mind. I understand. Bye. Yeah. That's weird. I still, yeah. I wanted him to be in the background with like, maybe it was like a hair growing medication. And then just have real and just long have hair. just have like an afro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because like, you know, like the chicken pox kid makes a reappearance. Right. And so I wanted him to appear with like long, luscious, like Fabio hair. <laughs> so then we get uh, Detective Gary. Yes. So Detective Gary shows up. He's a special investigator, and he is investigating Jimmy and the disappearance of another woman. And when Detective Gary explains this to Sally and to Jillian, he basically describes the scene that happened in the car when Jimmy kidnapped them. And they're both like, oh, my God, he was going to murder her. And this is, I think, just a lazy way of uh saying like hey it's all right that they murdered someone mm-hmm. because he's a murderer you could have set that up before or it just it just seems like a lazy way of saying they're not bad even though they killed someone yeah uh so gary detective gary has sally's letter um and they kind of kiss and make out and then realize that they can't like they both say oh no i can't do this and break apart and she leaves yeah because she just admitted that she killed someone and he is into it yeah (laughs) (laughs) he is so into it there's so many other choices stronger choices that could have been made because jimmy had them at gunpoint and he's an abusive guy yeah if they kill him that is fine make that choice make it that these women got together 
and they helped each other and they overcame this. And yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they killed the guy. Because that's not great, but you know what? He was going to kill them. Yeah. He's a bad guy. Jillian you has like to... facial bruising from him. Yeah. She's probably going to have like strangulation marks because he chokes her. By adding in, oh yeah, he also murdered some people. You're saying that what he has done is not enough to warrant his punishment. Yeah. Which is kind of like, I know I might be going like too far now, but it's kind of saying that like, yeah, no, like beating a woman isn't that bad. Right? It's because they're they're saying like, no, he did extra things. Right. That's why it's all right. Yeah. I think it would have been a stronger choice and a, a better choice to say, no, the things you saw on screen, he did those. And then they killed him out of self-defense. That's enough. Mm-hmm. But maybe I... Uh, dislike abuse more than the writers <laughs> of this i don't know maybe i don't know it just it was just an unnecessary thing yeah and then she admits to the murder and he's like oh okay let's have sex yeah so un- he said he's into it he's into murderers at this point are they under a spell so that's what we find out later um Sally's daughters find her old journal that has this spell that she wrote when she was a child to not fall in love unless this, like, really random, almost impossible guy. Not that impossible, though. (laughs) Impossible guy comes and sweeps her off her feet, basically. So she wishes for this really random, impossible person to exist because she's like, no one can be all these things. And then he is. But she doesn't say, I will fall in love with that guy. No, she says... I, that's the only person I can follow. I with. will only fall in love with him. But she did, in fact, fall in love with someone else. Yes, because the ants spelled her. So a spell can overcome that spell. Yeah, I guess so. But just because someone has all of those things doesn't mean she will always fall in love with him. No. Because she'll be just a jerk and she won't like him. Mm-hmm. So is there a spell that's making them fall in love? I don't know. Because why would he fall in love with her? Uh, because he says he wished for her too. What does that mean? I don't know. What? See, that makes... There must have been... No, the ants weren't even around mm-hmm. then, were they? Did Nicole Kidman put a spell on them? I don't think so. If you could put spells on people to make them do crazy things like this, why didn't they put a spell of like, hey, nobody look for this dead guy? Yeah, that would be easier than lying to a cop and then trying to have sex with him yeah so yeah i don't know why they are in love anyway they are i guess and (laughs) then he comes over and says oh yeah we almost had sex and you did uh kind of murder someone but i'm gonna get you also let's just hang out have breakfast i'll make some pancakes for the kids and then it's just a different movie and it's like they've been married for years where did that come from magic Lazy writing. <laughs> yeah. Magic. <laughs> so they have a really lovely time and Jillian and the daughters are trying to get this detective to go away because she's still scared that he will arrest them for murder. Well, he, sh- he kind of should. He should. That he is his job. Should. So they concoct something in the syrup and makes it makes, I don't know. I don't know what it was going to do, but it was going to make him go away. I don't know if that means he's going to die or if he's going to be like repelled from the house or something. But That's actually good. They should have used that at mm -hmm. the beginning instead of what I assume is a love spell. Or they just, I don't know. Anyway. Again, I don't know. I think you're stuck on a part that like really doesn't matter. 
the romantic plot of the movie? Yeah. Does it matter? The no. two people getting together, that is the successful love story of this movie? That's a, that's, <laughs> that is the basis, much to my dismay. That is the basis of the second half of this movie. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, but it is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Shouldn't have been in the movie in the first place. I'm accepting it moving on. Okay. <laughs> All right. I can't dwell on it because it doesn't make any sense, but I just can't devote any more energy to it. I'm sure someone listening will be like, no, it's because of blah, blah, blah spell. Please but tell I us I what it is. It. None of this movie makes sense, but yeah, go on. Okay. So the girls realize that Gary is the man that their mother had wished for many, many years ago and throw the syrup into the ocean. And the girls, one's a redhead and she's a little rebellious and the other one is a brunette and she's a little more down to earth. Yes. Just like her aunts and their aunts. Yeah. Sally discovers that Jimmy's spirit has possessed Jillian's body and the girls are very scared and they run away. Oh, yeah. That just comes out of nowhere, too. Nowhere, yeah. Um, And Gary sees... He sees a ghost. He He sees a ghost. He sees the ghost come out of her. Jimmy, like, evaporates out of Jillian's body, basically. Well, I think at first he just kind of steps out. He evaporates later. Right. But... Maybe a evaporates ghost. the wrong word. He, no, but he totally evaporates he like later. He pulls himself out of her body, yeah. basically. And so if he can do that, why did he need Jillian's body? Move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, so this cop sees a ghost walk out of someone. Yeah. And then the ghost, why does he attack the cop? Be, I don't know. The cop is trying to, should be trying to bring the people who murdered him to justice. He should be like, they killed me. But he was there, like, Detective Gary was there because of another case. True. But they just confessed about this murder yes. to him. And his body is out there still. But I think he's more consumed with trying to find the killer of this other woman. But to find that one, he's out in the, the garden. There he is. Yeah. You can't just find him like, okay, we got him. I'm going to put him on trial now. You Now you have to be like, oh, and also these people murdered yes. him. So the ghost shouldn't attack the cop. They're on the same side. Mm-hmm. And then the ghost has like a heart squishing power. That's just a ghost power that he has. Yeah, he was able to like shove his hand into the Detective Gary's chest. And just like squeeze, squeeze his, heart. his heart. But his badge, which has a star on it, burns the ghost's hand. Why is that? Um... Ghosts don't like stars. Oh, ghosts love stars. Are you kidding me? Ghosts don't like silver. That might be something. I think that might be it. We because talked about this while we were watching it. Like yeah, vampires and werewolves. I've never heard of it as a ghost. Deterrent? But he's a demon, so maybe Is he. he f- what are you basing that on? His red eyes and how he possessed somebody. He's a ghost. The body is right there. I, a demon is an entity that exists. It's not a human. Right. I think if a human dies and then a steam-like creature that looks like them comes out of the body. I think that's a ghost. Mm, yeah. I guess we're just getting into some yeah, antics. I think we need to move on from I this I don't too. think that's a demon. Okay, so... Unless the ghost is possessed by a demon, which is possible. I'll grant you that. So Gary's like, yay, we did it, as the ghost evaporates. Um, and Gary leaves, and then Jimmy is like, nope, still here. Oh, yeah. In Jillian. So, and attempts to kill Sally um, in Jillian's body. And um, 
Sally has to harness all of her magic and get all of the ladies in the town by using the phone tree to come with brooms and uh, is this an exorcism? Yeah, yeah. So they they kind of exercises ghost out. Yes. Basically. And she has like a coming out as a witch. Yeah. She says, yeah, I'm a witch. Here I am. I'm loud and proud. Witch life forever. Forever. Witch life for me. Forever. The town ladies become a coven and um, they get the ghost out of Jillian by tempting it with tequila. Is that what happens? Yeah. And then one of them has a vacuum. And then one of them, like, yeah, vacuums up. The and she was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You know Sabrina so well. That's a good show. I hear it's coming back. Yeah, that's I'm good. excited. And not that, um, like, Riverdale Garbage. style one. She's now on Riverdale. That's Sabrina. Oh, so now there's just witches in that show? Now they're just, like, crossover. Yeah, I saw a thing on Instagram of her on the Riverdale set. Anyway, um, the coven gets rid of Jimmy and... They break the curse of your husband will die. And um, Gary clears the sisters of any suspicion of wrongdoing in Jimmy's murder and returns to Massachusetts. He's a very bad cop. Yes. He returns to Sally and they live happily ever after and becomes her daughter's dad. Won't the beetle get him? No, because they broke the curse. I literally just said that. Yeah, but how? Why? Um, they just like wanted it enough. There, yeah, there was a, I don't know, there was a a montage clip of uh, Maria, and she looked happy. Yeah. And there was lots of white light, That's and then true. they broke the curse, so she can live happily ever after. So the spell could just be counteracted with other spells. They should have just done that before her husband died. Yeah. But what what do I know? What do you know? And their spell was all willy-nilly. Like, they had words, but the people around didn't know the words. They were mm-hmm. just like, Travis is a fantastic man. We should have, like, yeah, written it out phonetically so everyone could, like, read they it saying slowly. It, yeah. I almost forgot to mention, maybe my favorite character in this was Margot Martindale. She's in it. Mm, she's funny. She's funny. Character she's one actor, of the, Margot Martindale. She works in the shop that Sally owns. Yeah, she's good. And knows that Sally's a witch. So she's, like, in on it. But I guess everyone does. Yeah. Now. No, but at the beginning, they're all like, they literally shout, which, which, you're a witch. Yeah. <laughs> True. So at the end of the movie, we see all of the Owens women standing on the roof of their house. And the entire town is like cheering. Because now they like witches. Yes. Even though they said, oh, you're witches, so we hate you. And they're like, yeah, we are witches. And they're like, oh, okay, we love you. Yeah. Uh. And uh, they jump off the roof and float down to the ground, and then everyone loves them forever. I guess, yeah. Yeah. When doing anything made everyone want to kill them earlier. Mm -hmm. But now they're like, I don't know. Phone tree, though. Phone tree. The power of a phone tree. (laughs) I think that's what this movie's really about. It's about the power of a phone tree. Yeah. And that's the ending. I guess, yeah. And then it plays that Stevie Nicks song where she says... Do you always trust your first initial feelings? (laughs) Such a bad line. I know. I know. I know. People out there, you love Stevie Nicks and you love Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac is is not great. They have a best of album that's two CDs. What's on the second CD? Isn't there? And the second half of the first CD. Three Fleetwood Mac (laughs) songs. Isn't that it? 
magic is whatever you need it to be uh, to make up for their script not making sense. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that was magic. But there are no rules to their magic, so that's no. a little annoying. What's what's good about this? Because I feel like we're shitting on it a lot. Because it's not great. I feel like there were moments that were good. Like the Midnight Margarita scene. Yeah. And like the whole, like when the town comes together to exercise that Exactly. Ghost. Like the most. The moments that are really good. The most like magical, if I may, <laughs> part of this movie is when it is concerning uh, sisterhood or bonds between women. Yes. Those are the best parts. Yeah. They are not explored nearly deeply enough or take up enough of the movie. Because I liked how if it's a comedy, if it's a horror, if it's a romance, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman are devoted to one another mm-hmm. always. Yes. And I love that consistency, and I love that whole power of sisterhood. Yeah. But then the answer, like, all right, fuck you guys, we're out, which seems so counteractive to everything that the good parts of this movie are trying to say and what the ants themselves have taught their nieces. Mm-hmm. So that seemed odd. It's just it didn't, it didn't commit to that. And yeah. that's a good thing for a movie like this to commit to. And I think at the end, like you were talking about, the possession, and I don't think I'm reading too much into this. I think it's probably more apparent in the novel, I'm guessing. It might be a shitty novel. I, for some reason, have faith that there's the good parts are from the book. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm waiting to get it from the library. Oh, are so you? I'm going to listen to the audiobook and I will report back. Okay. Because I'm very interested now that I've seen the movie again to see maybe it needed to be a novel to be more like fully fleshed out. Yeah. Because it is not. No, they skip over a lot of stuff. So I'm really, I have high hopes for that audiobook because I think that it's missing something key. Yeah. But um, what I was saying was that I don't think I'm reading too much into it that the climax of the movie is the possession part, right? And it is literally a man controlling a woman's body. Mm-hmm. And the way they overcome this is all of these women unite and they get him out. And that is a powerful metaphor. Yeah. I love it. Have more of that. But it undermines itself constantly because this movie still feels like it needs men and a romantic subplot. That second part of the cop coming mm-hmm. should not be in there. They shouldn't have a love story. You had the part where it was uh, one good love story, but was it because it wasn't even real, maybe? And one terrible guy. And the story should be about the love of all of these women together And if you made some of them gay, that would probably be more fun. Mm -hmm. But even if you don't, you just have it the love of sisterhood, this sorority, that's enough. But instead, they have to go and bring in this cop who is a perfect man, so much so that everyone else loses all sense of logic or sanity because they are so perfect for each other. But I don't know. It didn't seem that great. He makes those cactus pancakes. That's kind of fun. Cactus pancakes. Like, just think, if... Thelma and Louise ended with like, you know what, though? I found this really swell guy, so I'm going to go with him. You're like, no, no, that's not what you you were working to something. They're supposed to become the spooky old aunt. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's what it should be. But no, they had to put in this love story, which did not work for me, at Mm -hmm. least. It literally didn't make sense because I didn't understand why they were in love. Right. And then thematically, it just seemed to go against the only parts of this movie that I think did work well. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think. Yeah. 
So I think that brings us to the end of our rant on uh, 1998's Practical Magic. Good elements, not great execution. Yeah, poor execution, promising story. So it's just like, what is this movie? Who is it for? Yeah. Because there's things that are too scary for a 13-year-old or something, but there are a lot of things that are too childish and don't make sense for for adults. The tone of it just veers like all All over over the the place, place, and it's tough to follow that way. It's just a lot of questions of, why'd you do that? Mm -hmm. But the end. (laughs) Well... Uh, before we talk about uh, what else is happening on the Alberta Podcast Network for Halloween, for spooky time, uh, we just wanted to talk about our second sponsor of the day. So our second sponsor of the day is ATB, and at ATB, they make banking work for you, and they have expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning expertise with management services. With ATB Wealth, you can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. They have a history of doing what's right for their clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. And for more information on this, you can visit atb.com. And being proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network is great because we have so many other podcasts on the network that are doing such cool, creative things. And um, today, I believe, is October 25th. So uh, in two days, uh, one of our co-member podcasts, Quantum Kickflip, is doing a sci-fi spooky episode um and their podcast is based on a game called slug blaster which is an edmonton made tabletop role-playing game and i think we talked about them a couple episodes ago but they are exploring a crew which travels to the walking pits and faces off against a shape-shifting doppelganger makes more sense than this movie somehow yes uh, and the other one is called Mess Hall with Avery, and on October 27th, they will be doing a spooky foods episode. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, Mess Hall with Avery is hosted by Avery and Lena, and sometimes guests, and they sample, rate, and talk about food. Um, they talk about history and facts, and they discuss treats such as flavored Oreos, types of box dressing, and listen to amusing debates about assessment of different food and theme each week. Oh man, I I haven't heard this one. I feel like this is something that I would get really into. Yeah. And I feel like I should be a guest on it because as you know, I have very strong opinions about pretty much everything I eat. (laughs) And they are kind of like us. They are a couple who don't always agree, but they make some uh, awesome discoveries of interesting foods and uh, ridicule each other for not seeing eye to eye. Man, yeah. We should should be friends with them. Like a, a... co-hosted episode where it's a movie with food and then we debate them oh yeah (laughs) 
So uh, if you are looking for more spooky episodes because you've already listened to all of ours, you can go find uh, Quantum Kickflip, Mess Hall with Avery, and uh, some past ones as well called Makeshift Stories, and it's a conspiracy. So uh, I will be loading those up this week and probably listening to them. Sounds good. And also, if you want more of our spooky things that are actually spooky, you can go back every October. We probably did two to four spooky episodes. So there's things like The Shining, Night of the Living Dead, The Exorcist. We did The Orphanage not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Check them all out. So for all your spooky listening needs. Spook it up. Spooks. Hopefully our next spooky one will be a little spookier than this one. Yeah. This Although it was scary at points. It was scary at points. And I, but not where it should be scary. I think because I saw this so young, I thought it was a lot scarier than it actually was because there were some scary moments. And being young and sheltered, unlike you, I, uh, I think th- I found things scarier than most people would. <laughs> So we will see you next week for our pre-episode where Indy reveals what we will be watching. And we do two spoiler-free reviews of things that we're into. And I don't have any hints for you because I don't know what the next movie is (laughs) going to be. And I have no idea what I'm going to be talking about. (laughs) We'll figure it out. And we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Look out. It's an owl.